Hey everyone, this is Adam Ellenboss from Nightlight Astrology, and today we are going to take a look at Mercury's opposition to Neptune. Now this is happening as Mercury is stationing and turning direct, so it's quite the way to start the week. I hope you guys all had a good weekend. Um, I think that this is something you may have noticed already over the course of the weekend. It's something you could also notice as the week goes on. So um, hopefully this will be applicable for you, both in hindsight and maybe uh, in, in terms of looking ahead for both today and the next couple of days. It takes Mercury a little bit to get going again. And so you you want to, wherever Mercury's station points are, whether it's retrograde or direct, you want to get a sense of what aspects it's making at those times because it'll sit in those aspects for a while. So that's what we are doing today. Well, before we get into it, don't forget to like and subscribe. Share a few comments in the comment section and, and create some conversation around the topic. It really helps the channel to grow. I appreciate when you guys do that. You can find a transcript of any of my daily talks on my website, nightlightastrology.com. I also want to take you over to my website right now because I'm in promotion mode, as you guys, most of you guys who watch my channel every day know. <coughs> Excuse me. We are about to start up our new class. It's enrollment season, November 12th. Ancient Astrology for the Modern Mystics starts again. It's my one-year course. You can learn all about it on this page, on the first-year course page on the website. Um, and I'll put the website there so you can see it again. On November 12th, we start. That's a Saturday. We meet on Saturdays for about two to three hours, 30 times over the course of a year. Hear what some of my alumni have had to say about it. See what the course includes on the page. Um, there are 30 classes on the year. We have a bunch of guest lectures that come in outside of those. There's a group forum discussion. You can always get your, your questions answered within one day uh, because we have tutors that, that are there to field your questions and they're checking it every day and answering them for you. And we also have breakout study sessions. In between major units, we might spend 12 hours, 13 hours looking at houses. And then it's like, wow, that was a lot of material. You can attend a breakout study session with my staff where they will help you review all of that material and make sure that you're, all of your questions are getting answered and you're getting kind of a review session of the unit before we move on. Toward the end of the class, I have live clients come in. I read for them. After the client leaves, we then sit and break down the session, and you can ask questions about that session, how I organized it, why I did this, why I didn't do that. Core part of my curriculum is trying to uh, impart to people the importance of what I call the divinatory moment. <clears throat> comes from a book that I read that I really loved by Jeffrey Cornelius, who really deeply inspired my work called The Moment of Astrology origins and divination. And this class is all about using theory in a way that is artful and intelligent so that we can, when we are in the actual space of reading for someone, or even looking at the chart for ourselves or a family member, just using it as a hobby, that we start to recognize when a symbol is speaking. And it speaks because of the context that we bring to the chart. Why are we here for this reading? It makes a huge difference. So my class is about theory, and it's about history, and it's about the spiritual philosophy. It's about techniques, but it's mostly, it's about how to artfully develop your intuition as a reader so that you can be a good diviner. And that's that's what I try to impart in this course by also giving a heavy emphasis on, you know, working with live people so we can see what a divinatory moment and experience looks like. <clears throat> so early bird payment saves you $500 off. Check that out. You can stretch your payments out over 12 months. That's a great way to do it. And then there is need-based tuition assistance if you're working only part-time or, you know, COVID has been rough on you and you're still getting on your feet. Whatever the case might be, if you need a little extra help to make it happen, check out the need-based tuition and we'll be glad to, uh, to make sure, you know, we can help you. You can choose a price that works for your budget. Um, we just ask that people, um, you know, reach out to us, tell us your situation through the application on the website. So um, 
All right, let's get into it. I'm really excited today because <clears throat> Neptune is, or excuse me, Mercury is turning direct. And it's, you know, it's nice to have that shift. If Mercury turns direct, it's always coming up as the, um, sorry, here we go. It's always coming up as the morning star. So here is Mercury, and you'll see that it's ahead of the sun. So if you were to just keep rotating this chart around clockwise, Mercury, Mercury rises before the sun. As it is rising, it is being seen right before sunrise. We call it a morning star. And in that sense, as it appears out of the womb of Earth, it is like something is being born, something youthful, something vibrant, something that is whole and complete unto itself. It carries a bit more of a yang solar flavor to it, which is why it's not uncommon to see Mercury rising in the morning alongside of announcements or <clears throat> big news or developments that pop up or surprise, you know, here's a piece, here's an email in your inbox, that kind of thing. We'll talk more about that in a minute in my things to watch for today. But as Mercury is opposing Neptune, this is a Mercury that's rising in its own exaltation, in, it, in its own domicile, so very potent Mercury, um, but it's also opposite Neptune in the sign of its fall. That can present some problems, and there's also some really nice, beautiful pairings that Mercury and Neptune bring together in their opposition. Um, where, wherever we're forced to hold the tension of two opposites, there is room for tremendous growth and insight in our lives. Now, this is not the longest transit in the world, so how jaw-dropping will it be? I don't know, maybe not that jaw-dropping, but like it can have an effect, and you may have already noticed it over the last few days. So, um, you know, I certainly have. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> oh, okay, so three things to watch for. All right, well... <clears throat> Number one, follow the breadcrumbs. There is this beautiful way in which when Mercury rises and makes its first appearance after a retrograde, you can feel like, you know, <clears throat> I'm starting to gain clarity again. After a period of confusion, you know, after a period of things falling apart or going wayward somehow, of losing our sense of direction or purpose or of something being delayed or of something falling down or breaking apart, of a temporary dive into darkness, then suddenly the clouds part, Mercury rises in the morning and it's like, hey, I'm back on track. But there is something that's very youthful about this. When it's opposite Neptune, Mercury is opposite Neptune, it can also be idealistic. And so uh, something young, new, it's, it's fresh, and with the taint of Neptune, maybe it's a little aggrandized or idealistic or romantic or, you know, just a potential for like some fuzzy thinking or something like that. When you see this, it's really important to just slow your roll and be like, <clears throat> all I need to watch for are the signs. What is just the next sign, the next omen, the next indicator, the next dream image, the next synchronicity that points me to the next step? Not 10 steps away, but just the next one. Most of our lives, I feel like if we're, you know, trying to live any kind of spiritual life, if we're trying to live a symbolic life and pay attention to the signs and omens, if you study astrology, if you pay, pay attention to astrology, you can get obsessed with outcomes. And what to speak of just everyday life, which is programming us to be obsessed with outcomes. Where are things going? Where do I need to get to? What, what, what do I need to accomplish? What is my expectation? What is the underlying attachment? You know, what, what will I, how will I be disappointed or shocked or whatever? <laughs> it is very, very easy to lose track of 
just doing the next thing in the right way, in a, like in an aligned, magical right way, just the next thing. And the next thing, I don't mean like, uh, you know, well, I just, you know, I walk out of this room and then what, <laughs> you know, I mean, it could be like that, <laughs> but I mean like, <clears throat> okay, for example, recently, everybody knows I changed my name back to Adam. I don't know what comes next, you know? And as I was thinking about this transit, I was thinking the important thing is to just pay attention to the signs. Look for things that confirm and affirm and give you maybe just the next step or two, right? And that can be really important because Mercury rising as the morning star and its exaltation opposite Neptune can, can be a renewal. It can, it can represent a renewing of the mind. It can represent a, an insight or a realization or a breakthrough of some kind that just, you know, has you over the rainbow about things. It can, it can truly be an uplifting, redeeming, healing kind of transit, especially for the mind and the nervous system and the, the rational, logical part of ourselves that like an important part. It's like our co-pilot. We need Mercury, right? <clears throat> but if we get a, if we get out over our skis, it's problematic. So follow the signs, follow the breadcrumbs. To me, that's the message of the moment. <clears throat> now, I'll tell you a story, just because you guys might find this interesting. As Mercury was going, starting to station and get into it with Neptune within three degrees, and I was realizing that I was going to make this decision and leave my religious tradition and come back to my own home name. Uh, you know, what's really interesting is my home name. That's kind of fun. So uh, if I was just like, you know, like usual when I make decisions like this and I know I'm going to, it's amazing how many synchronicities can start just sort of popping off and giving you a sense that you're you're in a magical space, that there's something affirming. And when doors open and things go smoothly, you know, too, you, you get, I, I usually feel like that's a good sign. Um, so I was, <clears throat> happened to be out with a friend and if you guys remember earlier in the summer, let me preface this by saying earlier in the summer, I gave a talk that was about, I think I called it, it might've been spring and I called it strange birds or something like that. Strange, um, strange birds and omens and signs and something like that. And I talked about how Garrison Keeler was like uh, a strange bird omen. Cause I always think he looks like, he kind of looks like an owl to me and like an owl duck. But, <laughs> but anyway, um, I had two encounters with him that were very pivotal in my life and, and very sort of faded and odd. Um, and one of them was when I was in graduate school and he was a guest teacher and it sort of affirmed the path of writing the book that I would eventually publish. And then again, when I was on my book tour on the very last leg of my book tour and deciding I wanted to become an astrologer, <clears throat> voila, he suddenly appeared in the airport and I had a conversation with him. So I'm out recently having just made this decision and I was sitting down someplace and Garrison Keillor walked right by me and looked right at me in the eyes. And I was like, Oh my God, it's, it's my, it's, he is my spirit animal. <laughs> like and he just walked right by me. And I was like, I can't believe this. That's it's Garrison Keillor. And here, here he is again at a moment at this weird intersection in my life. Like he just shows up at these weird intersections. My friend, Sean said that he's your prairie home diamond. <laughs> If you guys know who, you know, Garrison Keillor is, then you'll get that. But after that happened, <clears throat> I had been putting some pressure on myself thinking, well, I just don't know what comes next. And I'm not sure I should say anything publicly until I know what comes next. And then I was like, Dad, just chill out. You know, 
your duck god. Just you know, like, like Garrison Keeler just walked by. Chill out. So, so it was, you know, and and I just had this joyful sense. It was perfect Mercury opposite Neptune. It was just the the perfect expression of that transit. Um, and so I said, okay, I'm just going to listen and uh, just follow the breadcrumbs. I think that's the best way to deal with Mercury opposite Neptune because if you try to get overly rational, you know, the, the Neptune's going to pull in the other way. If you get overly woo-woo, idealistic, lost in the clouds, Mercury's going to pull in the other way. If you stay attentive, you're reasonable, you think through things, but you stay open for mystery and watch for signs, it's, it's as though the Mercury Neptune will deliver and it'll give you a message. It's very clear, but it's non-ordinary. You know what I mean? So follow the breadcrumbs. Number two, Mercury's turning direct as Venus enters her own sign, and now the two have exchanged places. An announcement, good news, good fortune, celebration, something good can happen. Just genuinely Mercury turning direct. Can, it was an indicator in ancient astrology, for example, of people rising from their sickbed after being sick. Um, so, you know, Mercury's rising from the dead. It's coming out from the underworld in its own exaltation opposite Neptune. I think it has a healing effect. Remember Neptune is in a Jupiter ruled sign. Even if Mercury doesn't do so well in Pisces, I don't think it matters. It's like, this is, this is great to see this right now. And Mercury's going to go back through another opposition with Jupiter. So I think of this as a turning point for the better. Maybe you're getting some good news. Maybe there's some good fortune. Maybe there's a special announcement being made. Um, that tends to coincide with Mercury as in, in its heliacal rising. <clears throat> now, <coughs> excuse me, number three, I think it's also interesting that as soon as I shared this news and with the people in my life that um, I needed to share it with, I instantly uh, got a, not a pretty minor cold, but like my body's just been like <clears throat> cleansing itself out. And um it feels really good. It's weird. It's like, you know, sometimes when there's a big life change and you get sick and you're like, yeah, yeah, that's about, that's about right. So, so I like this one too. A modest statement moves mountains. Remember that Mercury as it's turning direct is moving into a trine with Pluto, both in earth signs with the opposition to Neptune. I could see like something, uh, becoming aggrandized, you know? And so I think there's something very like Mercury opposite Neptune to me is like when you get some seeding ideas and images and thoughts, and then, you know, the trying to Pluto, like you could, there's some effective, like, you know, it's like you got a bulldozer with you or like a, a bobcat or something like you could move some earth right now, you know? But I think that with Mercury opposite Neptune and the potential for the, the power hunger of Pluto that te just temper any like extremes that are coming through and think to myself, if I do this modestly, even if it's a big thing, but I communicate it modestly, or I approach what I'm about to do modestly, even though there's a great deal of enthusiasm, um, it's going to set me up for success in a lot better way. <clears throat> when people, um, you know, for example, uh, I was thinking about this as, you know, most of you guys know, I, again, I made this announcement last week that I was um, relinquishing my, my uh, devotee name and leaving the Hare Krishna tradition and so forth. And um, I, I was, I, I, 
there were some theological and philosophical differences that I had. But the more I thought about it, and especially this astrology that was coming through, I thought, you know, it's really, it's, it's not a time to like take a victory lap about something or get proud or puffed up. The astrology right now, I don't feel, I feel like would really could, could potentially like give you a smack on the wrist if you did that kind of thing. And I mean, I always try to be aware of that. You know, that's like just, you know, virtuous to try to be like that. I think, it, you know, it's, it's something to aim for, to be, to be kind and modest and not divisive, you know, uh, in general. <clears throat> but this next, you know, the, the, this transit in particular to start the week, there's some real moxie behind Mercury right now. And that could come through in speech, planning, ideas, thoughts, strategies, uh, epiphanies, realizations. But remember, the opposition to Neptune can get you a little aggrandized and puffed up on yourself mentally, verbally, and then the trying to Pluto too, a little power hungry. So it's, it's like, we can have the right idea or we can make the right choice, but we can still do it in the wrong way. And, you know, so maybe it's the, maybe there's teachable moments, as they say, from something like that happening right now. But I would, you know, I would be careful because I think it's the modest statement that moves mountains. Similarly, uh, the way you start something new after ending something matters a great deal. So for example, Mercury rising as the morning star, it could be that you've overcome something or that you've moved through a difficult phase, been reborn and so forth. <clears throat> but I mean, like if you think about breaking up with someone, I'm thinking about like my 20s when I would have a breakup, you know, and when Facebook first came about or whatever. I remember one time, you know, this girl broke up with me and I'm sure I deserved it. You know, it's like <laughs> it all worked out. I have a lovely wife now. And, you know, she broke up with me and then was like, oh my God, you know, like my life is so much better now on Facebook. And I was like, wait a sec, two seconds ago, we just had this heart to heart where it was like, you know, this has been so meaningful to me. I've, you know, like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that's really a mixed message. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, well, why wouldn't you just, you know, I mean, like, of course she was probably just trying to be polite and we were like with all of 23 or whatever it was, you know. But I think the point that I'm making is that <clears throat> I think that the 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 way you you know the way that you start something right after you end something or the way that you start something right after you complete something matters it matters a great deal and so with mercury turning direct after what was probably a kind of an intense retrograde period it had a, an opposition to jupiter and aries that was pretty intense um and and so on that if you're in the midst of making a transition of any kind, and I'm reflecting on this in my own life right now, that it's important that you do that in a way that makes the beginning of the new chapter, um, you know, uh, open and clean and sort of pure, as opposed to carrying over like a victory lap, resentful kind of thing. I remember, you know, and, and God bless that person that I was dating, but I remember thinking like, um, the way that you left things with me was really honoring of like what we had had together. And it was, you know, it was, it was a tough breakup and it was like really honoring. And I remember thinking like, that's kind of, that's kind of crappy. And you know, why would you, why would you want to set yourself up looking like a, like two faced, you know, because yeah. So anyway, and I remember taking from that in the rest of my twenties and I had to like dated all throughout my twenties. Whenever I ended something with somebody, it was, I was absolutely not going to go and trash talk them, you know, after, 
we, you know, we broke up, so to speak. Now that all comes to mind for me again, as I'm like leaving a religious tradition and trying to maintain the, what was beautiful about it and take that forward and move into the next chapter with positivity. So that's where that comes from. That reflection comes from that experience for me lately, but I'm just sharing it because it's such a pivotal time. Mercury, again, Mercury turns direct, it trines Pluto, it opposes Neptune. It's a pretty big shift. So make sure that you're not shitty about the shift. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I think, and I think that sets you up for the next stage being more successful than it might otherwise be if it's toned by any, you know, immodesty or arrogance or, you know, something like that. So anyway, those are my thoughts for today. Um, I hope that this has been a useful reflection on uh, Mercury turning direct. I'd love to hear your story and share the hashtag grabbed, grabbed at nightlightastrology.com. <clears throat> if you want to email it to us, what are you noticing with Mercury opposite Neptune? Uh, I haven't mentioned anything about water, but, <laughs> but certainly there could be water stuff going on on some level. Um, I'm reflecting on the fact that we are just uh, putting the final touches on the community herb garden, and that includes an irrigation system. As Mercury's turning direct, the irrigation system is being finished. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it's a simple thing, but you know, sometimes the astrology is mundane. It doesn't need to be like, and today, you know, me and Gandalf leveled up in life. So, <laughs> so tell me the mundane things that you notice as well. I'd love to hear them. All right, that's what I've got. Uh, hope you guys have a great day and you're having a great start to your week. Take it easy, everyone. Bye.